This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to another 6-Minute Monday where I give you 6 tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Now before we start, just a reminder from one of our sponsors, Element. You just heard about them right before I started here. They have a sale or maybe a special promo going on that when you make a purchase this week, you will also get a free sample pack. I'll say it again. If you make a purchase this week, you will also get a free sample pack. And they are also, for a limited time only, selling grapefruit salt packs. Now I... I don't like grapefruit. I don't drink grapefruit juice, but the salt pack, it's absolutely sick. Okay, now let's get back to our six tips and tricks. Tip number one, it's an exercise tip, and it's one that has to do with how to hold the farmer's walk. Now, a lot of guys, just they just dip and rip to the ground, and then there's some guys who are more advanced that say, hey, Coach, why aren't you talking to these guys about the right way to grab the farmer's walk? So I'll say this. There are, there are, there are in many instances, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, and there's a way that some people just can't do it. They might think about it so long that it's going to take them so long to pick up the farmer's walk, they're not even going to get from point A to point B. So we are not professional strongmen. We are, in our world, we're, we're doing an event where maybe we're, I don't know, doing a slider, then popping up and picking up that farmer's walk. I don't know if we have enough time to really focus on how to pick up the farmer's walk. Having said that, I'm going to give you uh, two tips on this. Tip number one is that just look down at your hand. Look, look, take a look down at your hand right now. Maybe it's your right hand. And you'll see that there's webbing between your thumb and your pointer finger. Now, what I like to do when I pick up that farmer's walk is I want to make sure that my, the, my, that webbing of my hand is touching that farmer's walk bar. I don't want to just grip it in my four fingers. Kind of like think about how uh, maybe an orangutan would hang from a, a tree, right? Where they just, just, they just got four fingers hanging and they don't have their thumb involved at all. So when you're picking up that farmer's walk, really jam that webbing of your hand into the farmer's walk and then grab it. And then squeeze it. And then try to pick it up. Don't try and pick it up with just four fingers. Make sure you're using all five. The second tip to this is uh, if you make a fist, again, like you're sitting here, make a fist. You can see that you got the, I guess, the knuckles where, where it hits the, uh, the palm of your hand. You got the knuckles there. And then you got that other set of knuckles, like if you were going to punch somebody in the face, right? You, when you pick this up, you want to make sure that those knuckles are facing the ground. You don't want them facing left or right. They should be facing the ground. So those are two tips that, that most people can do. And the real tip within this is to not think about it too much. If you overthink about it, you're going to be sitting there messing around with that farmer's walk, and you're not going to get it from point A to point B. I'd say a, a third tip within this tip is just continue to make your grip and your core stronger and stronger. The more you do that, the less you got to think about the perfect way to pick up the farmer's walk. Heck, I'm going to give two more tips while we're at it. One more uh, is don't grab it too far in the front. Don't grab it too far in the back. You really want to get it right in the middle. 
Now, we've said with dumbbells, you really want to pick it up towards the front and put your, the webbing on your hand on the flange of the dumbbell. You don't have that. There's no support on this farmer's walk. And a dumbbell is not nearly as long as a farmer's walk. So you want to pick this up right in the front. You'll notice if you pick it up too far in the front, the, so you want to pick this up right in the middle. You'll notice if you pick it up too far in the front, the back will swing up. And if you pick it up too far in the back, the front will swing up. So that's another bonus tip is to get it right in the middle of the farmer's walk. And there's a last tip. This one's rough. Uh, I think this helps if you have really big fingers, and it is to use the hook grip. A lot of very good deadlifters use a hook grip, but there's a couple of things to remember here. And one of them is that that farmer's walk bar, it's, it's big. Like it's, I mean, it's thick, I should say. It's much thicker than a traditional deadlift bar. So a guy like me, I've tried. I, can't, I have small hands. I can't even pretend to get a hook grip. It just doesn't reach. But if you got monster grip, if you got a hand like Joe Sarno, then you can use a hook grip. And you say, well, what's a hook grip? Well, a hook grip is where you're going to take your thumb and you're going to wrap on top of that thumb your pointer finger as opposed to putting your pointer finger down and then wrapping your thumb on top of it. So it's taking your thumb and then putting your pointer finger on top of your thumb. Okay, these are all tips and trips, uh, tricks on the farmer's walk. I'd say start with one. Don't start with all four. Pick one, work on it. When it becomes just a habit, then get to the next one. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. Now, you know that I have been waking up every morning, going and standing on a rock mat and putting my hands over my head and doing some deep breathing. Well, now, what I started to do, just because my feet have gotten much stronger and I wasn't getting the same impact that I normally did when I first started this, now, I am standing on one leg, and it is, it's brutal. It is way harder, not only from a balance perspective, but also from now those rocks are really digging into my feet. So again, it's a single leg stand. Again, my arms are over my head, and it's a single leg stand on a rock, uh, rock board. Okay, tip number three. It's a quote that I've been thinking about, and I've been thinking about this because we're doing some uh, massive renovations to our kitchen. I thought our kitchen was completely and totally fine. But uh, my wife has some different thoughts. She wants to upgrade what the, the kitchen looks like. Again, I am, a, I am an essentialist. I am a middle, minimal, minimalist. I really don't care about things being upgraded all the time, especially when it comes to renovations in the house for aesthetic reasons. Having said that, here is the quote that I'm thinking about. It is a shortcut to riches is to subtract from your desires. I'll say it again. A shortcut to riches is to subtract from your desires. So essentially... The, uh, the less you want, the less you'll have to spend on getting what you want. Okay, tip number four. It's a book that I am reading. It's called Never Split the Difference. It's a book by an FBI hostage negotiator. A hostage negotiator. And again, I'll say the name of the book is Never Split the Difference. And one of the things he talks about is that you are not there to make a compromise. In a compromise, both parties lose. I'll say that again. In a compromise, both parties lose. So when you're negotiating, you're trying to figure out a way that both parties win. And one of the examples he gave, he said, imagine you're going to a party and your wife wants you to wear brown shoes and you want to wear black shoes. Well, the compromise is I'm going to wear one brown and one black shoes so that we both, I don't know, meet halfway in the middle of what's going on. But you're just going to look stupid. Both parties lose. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, well, it's the exact opposite thing with negotiations. You're going to try and find a way where both parties win. So that's the difference between uh, compromise and negotiation is that compromise, both parties lose. Negotiation, both parties win. Okay, tip number five. Tip number five, a productivity tip. And this is a great week to talk about it, is to take a break every now and again. We have gone through 17 weeks of advanced training tag team challenges. And it's a lot for everybody, including me. And I'm a guy that's never, I don't miss workouts, I don't miss anything. But there, there you, some, every now and again, you need a mental, emotional 
and a physical break. So this week we have we had nothing, and it was just it was actually nice to not have to load my truck, uh, design a tag team challenge, to not have to go home and do all the math to see who's seated what uh, and where, and just unload my truck and and just deal with the insanity that comes with advanced training. I'm not saying I don't love every single second of it, but I I do. But this break now is going to give me the fire to come back like a maniac in this uh, in the playoffs that are starting next week. So every now and again. Take a break, re take like a mini vacation from what you're doing, recharge your battery, and that is going to give you that ability to not burn out over the course of a long season. This stuff, in many instances, it is a marathon. It is not a race. Okay, and that is also why we don't have a, a part two of this. We're going back to a straight-up six-minute Monday because there was no events this weekend. Everybody got time off. They probably are sick of hearing my voice. They're probably sick of talking to me. Well, you got a week off, and now let's get back at it next week. Okay, tip number six, the last tip. I'd say it's the, the craziest thing I saw all week. So because we're off, my wife, uh, she designed a little, a little mini trip to Princeton, the town of Princeton. And for those of you that know me well enough, you know that I went to Columbia. So I always, And the school that I really wanted to go to was Princeton. And I didn't get into Princeton. I still have the rejection letter from Princeton hanging on the wall of my house. I'm 44 years old. Yes, I'm 44 years old. I still have the rejection letter from when I was a senior in high school from Princeton hanging in my house. So having said that, I've never actually set foot on the Princeton campus. Not once, aside from playing them in football and going onto their field, I never set foot on it. So think about this. How badly did I really want to go to Princeton when I never even took a tour of the school or applied early? I think I had this, uh, this weird dream in my head that I would go to Princeton. And the reason I liked it was at the time there was this giant, a New York giant. He was a running back named Keith Elias, smaller guy, and he played for Princeton. So I said, this is where I want to go. I want to go to Princeton just like him because I did nothing to do it other than apply to the school and I didn't get in. Anyway, so yesterday my wife said, let's take a walk through it. So I took a what, first step onto the campus and I had this massive hole in my stomach. Like, like I, this, is, this is rough for me. I don't want to do this. I, I, this is a, a big hole in my heart here. This was the school I really wanted to go to, and I didn't go to it because I couldn't get in. And then I see this uh, this golden retriever to my right. He walks in right behind us with his owners, and he gives me this look. Like, I got you, boss. I got you. I'm like, what is this dog doing? And then he uh, squats down and goes to the bathroom, number two, right in the middle of Princeton's lawn, and then runs up to me, like, all proud. I don't know this dog at all. All proud, like, I got you, boss. And I was thinking, you know what? I love this dog. This dog just sent a message. And I got to stop thinking about what I didn't get into and appreciate the fact that I went to a sick school and got to play them in football, you know, beat them. I think we'd be once in my, the three years that I was playing. So, uh, yeah, that's my story. That's the sickest thing. Who's ever golden retriever was. Thank you for having my back. No disrespect to Princeton at all. That's all me. That's me just being bitter about not getting in, but uh, I still have a, a deep love for Columbia university and uh, a lot more to come on that. All right, people enjoy the rest of your Memorial day weekend. And remember to, really think about why we have a Memorial Day weekend. This is not about just going down to the shore, down to DJs to party. There's a lot of things, a lot of sacrifices made for the freedoms that we have in this country. So uh, be appreciative of the people that did the things that, that I don't know, that maybe some of us weren't, wouldn't be willing to do. All right, again, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, a company that is perfectly named. Why? Because when you're wearing their shoes, you feel like you're walking around completely and totally barefoot. AKA, like you're not wearing any shoes. AKA, like you are wearing zero shoes. Now, we've all heard the benefits of barefoot training, but who wants to walk into a gym without any shoes on your feet? First of all, it's gross, and second of all, it's disgusting.
the other benefits of zero shoes is not only are they functional, but they're also fashionable. So you've seen many a time people walk in the gym with these minimalist shoes and they look like a freak. Not with zero shoes. You're going to blend right in. Also, they have a wide toe box so that your toes are not all scrunched together in the front like they normally are with any standard training sneaker or cleat. Now, to get your shoes, go to zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. Again, that's zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. And that zero is spelt with an X. It is X-E-R-O. Again, I'll say it again. It's X-E-R-O. Get your zero shoes today.